0: What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bytes, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about finding small, high-quality video games. And with small games, we would have small developers. And so today, for this inaugural special episode, hopefully it becomes a big thing. Who knows? Um, I'd like to set up sort of an interview series with some members of development teams from indie developers. And I think we're going to call it Developer Spotlight. So um we'll see how today goes. Uh, I have no idea how long we'll go. Uh, ideally, I don't edit this and it's just kind of uh, organic. Um, But today, so for our first episode, uh, we have from Reese Games, the one man band, Ruben. Ruben, thanks so much for uh, agreeing to do this with me.
1: Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So if you're listening to this, and you recognize the name Reese Games, that's because uh, a while back, maybe, I don't know, maybe our seventh or eighth episode, uh, we did about a game called Gone By our Super Strikers. And that was you, Ruben, that uh, developed that game. And so if you're listening, highly suggest you go play that game, highly suggest you listen to the episode. Um, but of course, if you're playing the game, definitely don't play it on Vita. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so like i said i i'm not sure how long this will go um and how frequent we'll do these episodes um it's going to be dependent on sort of how many people actually want to do it um but right now i'm thinking for the frequency that i'm like booking them maybe like once a month as like a special episode so we'll see how it goes um, but Ruben, I just wanted to start off by just asking you about yourself. Um, tell everyone who's listening, like, where you're from, um, sort of how you started playing games, and how eventually you got
1: into game development. Um, okay, well, just well, first thing, it's uh, pronounced Rece. Uh, it actually comes from Spanish, because uh, uh, I am Spanish. Um, okay. I'm currently living in melbourne australia i've been here for almost six years now um i think the first console i ever had was an s um and just since then i just really liked it and i couldn't get enough of it um we're a very poor family so we didn't have it was actually a present uh from a more a wealthier member mm. of the the family. Uh, so I didn't get to play many games, uh, probably like a lot of us. There was a lot of renting involved and trading with other people. Oh, yeah. Been there. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from then, I probably, I think I got a Game Boy, but the same, I didn't get many games. But I would say the prime of my gaming and when I started getting really into it was PS1. Um, that would be probably my favorite console and most important console for me. Um, and then, yeah, PS One, PS Two. I fell out of games for a bit during the PS Three, Three Sixty era when um, it started to be this Western push, um, mm-hmm. or, um West, Western uh, devs started taking over, right. and I think yeah. Japanese devs struggled a bit um probably with hd and longer and more expensive dev cycles um that there was a, a clear struggle coming mm-hmm. from from japanese um, developers which now they're back on and track and, and they're again making great great things yeah, which is good i agree uh and yeah that would be my that would be my gaming very brief history uh a development um i studied computer science um and uh, back in the day and back in my town which is very small um there wasn't really any um game degrees or anything so i mostly just learned how to program in university and then did a lot of stuff on my own um by doing stuff of my own then i started applying for game jobs that i could see i finally landed one um so i could quit my programmer job at an insurance company which was Mm. awful um (laughs) yeah which uh, and then the video game job ended up not not being great either it was like very Mm. small company uh no one had experience not great bosses um so yeah but it gave me the experience to get a a better job and then a better job and then a better job um to me i feel i don't really feel part of the industry professionally because i've never had this one job where i'm like really proud of the games we make or Mm -hmm. where i make the games i would normally play um as a gamer um but yeah i've been making games professionally as a programmer for uh, over 10 years now um and then on my spare time is where I make games like Gambare, um, which um, I, I always wanted to make. I started a few times, I think probably since 2010. I think there's there's like three or four iterations before the game they actually made it to stores. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actual project started in early 2014 and then got released mid-2018. So it was in the making for about four and a half years. Wow. Interesting. Um, so like
0: when you're starting, okay, so you're working with other kind of development teams, like, you know, just like, what specifically are, are you doing in like in other companies?
1: Um, I've always worked in small companies. So I'm more of a generalist programmer. Okay. So pretty much, pretty much everything, everything that needs to be done systems, gameplay, AI, UI, you name it. Um, When you're the only programmer or in a team of one, two, three programmers, then you end up having to do everything and really no room for specialization. Right. Okay. And then, so when you broke
0: off and... I mean, not that you like officially broke off. So this seems like more of like you're doing this on the side, like you're making your own things. Okay. Yeah. So when you did that, like what... Talk to me about that process because like, I, I mean, I anecdotally have a lot of friends who are, you know, good with computers. Like my brother, you know, he's a a computer science minor, but eventually he got into like tech and, you know, all things that are well above my head. But even my brother-in-law, he's very good with mechanical stuff, but also is a big gamer. And so like, what's that process from hey, I have an idea and I like games to okay like how can I make this a reality
1: type thing? it's pain <laughs> it, um, okay I think um you you kind of need to have a a creative an urge to create um yeah. it's um obviously I'm a programmer at work so I'm very comfortable with programming and I don't have issues with that but when it comes to everything else I don't really have an experience and i like to think and i think this is key when and anyone creates something um i have a good eye i know what looks good i look i know what looks bad um what's a good what makes a good game what makes a bad game so <clears throat> when you know what good art is and you're not an artist and you try to make art it's painful because you see it and it's like this is crap um, right. like um so you kind of then you you do two things either give up and it's like i'm just not good at drawing it it's just not for me other people Mm -hmm. are great at at drawing but i can't do it or you just keep pushing and get better and that's what people do like no one knows how to do anything um at the first time right from scratch yeah Yeah. you just need yeah um and this is something i really don't like when people say oh you know how to draw that's great i would love to learn how to draw is like well you just have to put you the just got to put your
0: nose down yeah yeah that's devs. the
1: thing it, it it didn't come naturally for me it doesn't come naturally for for anyone there's people that are better at it and are, they're going to progress faster than you um because right. we all build differently but everyone's got to put the time um and, and i think an, another interesting thing with making and it happens to a lot of devs um making games on your own and um doing art and stuff is like as you do it more you progressively get better and then when you have a look at what you did right at the beginning it's just right. you're like oh standards. this is terrible yeah. i need to yeah. go yeah. back so the, yeah, yeah and then you redo it and it's just like an infinite and never-ending yeah <laughs> yeah oh, so there's man. been a, a, a i think there was a couple of again of completely redoing the graphics for for the game until at some point you just gotta stop it's like well this is good enough um if i don't stop here um, i'm just never gonna finish um so so yeah like You've, you've seen the game it's it's a very simple game it doesn't look that great but I don't think it looks that bad and it's honestly the best I could have done at the time so okay. uh, and I guess same same with design and and all the stuff you you keep learning and and also when you put the game out there you realize that not all players are like you and you like specific type of thing then all the players don't for, for me I'm a very mechanic and gameplay based player so Mm -hmm. so gameplay comes first Um, and I don't really care much about story other than just to build a world around it and to have an excuse to to play but all the players are all about story so Gambare doesn't really have stories just a a Mm -hmm. progression of matches with a couple of silly dialogues at the beginning right people yeah, re- yeah. And pe- people really complain about that it's like there's really not a story uh why would i play the i don't care about these characters why would right I yeah play yeah. this game, and the like, game well, play. well hopefully because it's fun um but yeah so people have different motivations and that's something that yeah you just you just learn um and i i learned the hard way right just putting the right. game out there and, and having people say there's no story why would i play this right. game yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you could look at so many
0: games like that. And like like I play, sometimes I play a lot of Rocket League and it's like, there's no story there. Mm. <laughs> like, it's not like Cars, the movie, like, or anything yeah. like that. It's interesting though, because at the same time, I feel like, you know, like you're being a creative, you're obviously going to be like one of your toughest critics. And so something that you probably were not satisfied, you might be surprised that there's people out there that are like, no, I actually really like this.
1: Yeah. So no. like I said, I I, I think I know maybe not a lot about games but i know a fair bit about games i know or i think i know how good my game is mm. um i, I know where, where i would rank it and then seeing people just saying this game is amazing i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I don't think I made it. I don't think it's that good. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's like some other people, again, just value different things. And right. maybe they, they can just look over the jungle, the the not so good bits um, and, and enjoy the overall experience uh, for what it is. And, and yeah. and
0: Yeah, even- definitely. I'm sure plenty of, I, I know plenty of like authors go through that as well. Like people love one of their books and they're like, I hated that book. That was the <laughs> worst book I ever made or something like that. People are like no, I've like sculpted my life around this book. It's like whoa, buddy.
1: Yeah, Yeah. You know. So it's, yeah, so it's a bit wild. There's not that many people. Sadly, right. they think yeah. the game is amazing. It probably would have would have done better. Um, but but yeah, there's there's a few out there, and it's nice it's nice to hear. But also, it's like oh really? Huh? I yeah. Even I don't think it's that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Okay. So, on the tail end of that, talk to me about like some logistics like you're kind of, you know, breaking off, doing your own thing, making this game. How does it get found? Um, I'm trying to think it was Radaleka, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the process like, did they come to you? Did you go to them? And then also on top of that, um, like the play Asia bundle, but we can get into that in a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um. So I do most of my, Marketing, right? I don't, I don't really do a lot of marketing, but I mm-hmm. everything I do, I share on Twitter, and so that's normally where everything gets discovered. For me, I think it wasn't rather like a, um, directly, but someone else I interacted with saw it, and then I think it was a girl, and she was like, "Oh, I know this publisher. I think they would really like it. Um, do you want me to put you in contact with them?" And I say, "Yeah, of course." Um, this was yeah, after I had released the Steam version. So mm. I had, I don't know if I can say or not, so I won't say the name of the okay. publisher. But, but I had a previous publisher from the UK. So I was living in London um, mm. when I started um, working on the game. And when I was in London, I would just take it to a lot of local events, indie events and stuff. Um, <clears throat> and at one of these events, this publisher saw the game. So, and they were interested. So we signed a contract um, and we were going to go, we were going to release on Steam. Uh, Switch, was it Switch at the time? Maybe not. Switch hadn't been released. So Mm -hmm. PS4, maybe even Wii U, I don't know if it was on the table and Xbox One.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And then I think it was just like months before release, maybe six months before release send them the final bill and they're like, oh, yeah, we actually, now we're, we're not going to do it um, mm. for, for this, this, and this reason. And I'm like, well, these are all reasons you've known for a long time and you're right. just fucking me up now by saying yeah. it's so late. So I ended up just releasing on Steam because I was on my own and then I uh, say I'll go from there. Um, and after that, it's good that you stood your ground, though. That, that's like, because I'm sure
0: they've had that conversation, like even in their own meetings, they're like, all right, let's go back with like 50% or 75%. And you're like, no, no, mm-hmm. like, I'm not like, this isn't
1: fluff, right? This is what I need. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that was that was a big move from, from them. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it turned out better uh, mm-hmm. this way. Um, I also, I think I posted something on Facebook. I used to do Facebook, but when Facebook meant something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, now uh, it,
0: it looks like Twitter might be going that. Yeah. Looks, well. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> um who knows um so and then a Japanese because the game was published in Japan by a different publisher so this publisher contacted me they called walkaby uh on Facebook they saw the game randomly on Facebook and they sent me an email and I'm like dude this this game wouldn't have existed without Japan right it's based on on a very famous Japanese comic soccer comic so it was like a dream like yeah let's do it um, so that was actually before Rat- Ratalaika, So because I already had that agreement, then Ratalaika didn't release in Japan, mm. um, but the rest of the world. So that's how I, yeah, that's how I got. It. I just got contacted by sharing the game on, on different social media platforms. Wow. So maybe a little bit of luck. Yeah. That too. I was. I was. I was ready to release on Switch and on Xbox One on my own. So I already had the ports ready. Mm. So it was also a good deal for them because the ports are already. You just have to put your splash screen, right, plug and chug. Yeah, yeah. And then they did do the work for the PS4 and the PS Vita ports, and then earlier this year for PS5. Okay. Okay. Cool. And I'm imagining
0: so, like, I like I've seen some things on Play Asia and and East Asia soft and whatever, and I feel like they're huge Vita fans. I feel like they probably came to you because. Or was that like through Radaleica?
1: So that was through Radaleica. So okay. I think they they release the plan was just to release digital everywhere, PS Vita okay. um, included, because yeah, there's a massive market for PS Vita in the. I don't know if it still is, um, but yeah, a lot of people just love the console and they love their Indies there um, and their so physical. Collectors editions, and, yeah. yeah, and then yeah. W- yeah, once it was released, I think then East Asia would be like, oh, we, we would like to do a, a physical right. version of. I think a, a bunch of people had been asking for it, um, so I'm assuming they, yeah, they have the market research or whatever, yeah. and they they know what games would do well, um, so they came with the offer, and I'm like, dude, I would love a, a right. physical, a physical yeah. release, yeah, definitely. I
0: mean and I'm I'm definitely a physical collector um I'm actually on my the third floor of my house and so if any of my friends are listening they know exactly where I am it's like a whole it's a game room I've got like you know lights and all all kinds of stuff set up um but I have a lot of I get a lot of like limited run stuff like not every one of them I'm not like someone who collects things just to have sets and all this stuff like i yeah. get things that i love or that i'm going to play or that like i want to support and whatnot so yeah same um, i'm not a big fan of
1: complete sets um, right. at all yeah.
0: yeah so the one thing i wanted to talk about so i first asked you about game development and you said hell <laughs> so <laughs> let's hopefully it's not that's not too much of a a, a trigger to dive into that but Talk to me about, and we don't have to get into like, you know, industry topics or anything like that. Um, but just talk to me about like work life balance, you yeah. know, like this is a creative field. I, you're obviously a passionate gamer. Um, but how, like, what's sort of your mantra or, or whatnot? Cause I know in our exchange, you were sending me, uh, pictures on Twitter of, of what you're working on now and sort of that, you know, things are slowing down cause life is crazy. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about that. Um,
1: um, I first, I, I value my free time a lot, so I've never worked anywhere um, where I would be crunching mm-hmm. or putting a lot of overtime um, as as a as a norm. Um, there's always a day here and there you gotta work extra hours. Um, that happens at every single. Job, things go wrong. Um, yeah. that's fine. But when it's established and people are just working 10, 12 hours every day, um, like that's something I'm not gonna put up yeah. with. Um, and now that I have a family, and it's just like family comes first. A, a job is a job. Um, it's just to pay the bills. There's better jobs, there's worse jobs, but they're all jobs, um, and they are just to pay the bills. And I'm not gonna be taken advantage of mm. um, because this is a creative industry and it's a passion um, so and i've been lucky enough to maintain that position so that some sometimes you just can't um, you got to pay the bills and quitting a job is not always an, an option and you got to stay right even if it's a bad situation but um, i haven't been in that situation so i think i'm, I'm lucky um, and for for my personal stuff, I think maybe when I was developing Gambare, I was a bit more extreme working up until 2 or 4 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. um, while having to go to work the next day. Um, now I'm taking things slow, slowly um, and more chilled. If I'm feeling I'm tired, then I'll just go to bed and, and do some work to, tomorrow um, because also my work is going to be better. Um, my output right. is going to be better if I'm not tired. Um, and, and it's crazy and so obvious to see that when you're tired, you're just, you're just not doing great, great work. Um, so my schedule at the moment is normally I finish everything by 9, 10 p.m. And then if I'm not tired, then put a couple of hours at night. <clears throat> so right. 10 to 12 normally on, on, a, on a good day, on an ideal Day, uh, which then probably amounts to five to ten hours a week, which as you can imagine is not a lot when you're making Mm -hmm. a game on your own. Yeah. Uh and for my next game, I'm I'm doing a 3D game, um, with a lot of pre-rendered backgrounds because it's a a a Resident Evil one styled game, which is a lot of work, but there's also a lot of free 3D assets or 3D assets I can buy. So I'm I'm leaning on that a lot and um doing progress that way um but yeah it's going slow it's going to be a very small game like 30 minutes to an hour mm. and i've already spent probably like two years working on it i'm hoping for a 2023 release but, but we'll see okay
0: yeah it's interesting because i i mean like i listen to a lot of gaming podcasts and you know news and stuff like that and so all the back and forths about the industry and crunch and 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 whatnot It's so interesting because I think people who are kind of jumping to the defense of creativity, like I can kind of understand it because like, you know, I just started this podcast a couple months ago. um, And if it's something that is mine and I have creative control over it, obviously I'm not like, I'm going to set my own boundaries. Right. And so if I want to push myself, like that's on me, you know, and everybody has their, their limit for that. um. But having somebody else push that limit for you, that's, that's certainly where I would draw the line and something that I certainly experience, And I think anyone who's in a job, you know, experiences that sort of gray area. Like when you sign a contract, like I'm a high school teacher, I work for a private high school. And so like, there's, you know, some ambiguous language that says something like, you know, if the school needs you for events or, and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, yeah, okay. And then it's like, okay, we have an open house. Okay. We have another one next weekend and this and this and this. And then of course, on top of that, there's this air that, that you know doesn't get spoken, but there's this air that's like, well, how much are you doing? Like, well, could you maybe do more? And it's like, it, it's tough being a, and I don't know if I would consider myself a, a young professional anymore. I'm 32 now, but I see a lot of young teachers that are kind of getting sucked into that guilt that like, you know, looking at themselves, like maybe I'm not doing enough. And I'm like, no, you are, you are just like, put, like, put your foot down and just say no more and have no remorse about it. But it's tough because we don't, especially, you know, in America, in the capitalist, you know, world, it's always going to be like, you know, money never sleeps, yada, yada, yada. And so it's tough to, for people who are starting in any profession, they certainly don't have the enough confidence when they start, right? They're just trying to please everybody and trying to make it, make their way. And so I can see how these bad habits are developing, you know, in people's minds in any industry. And it's, it's something that I think more, more veterans have to, or be mentors. They essentially have to say like, no, you, you know, wherever you say the limit is that's where it is and no one can tell you uh,
1: otherwise so. yeah yeah it is it is dangerous how and how we praise like if someone's working themselves to the bone is like oh it's very driven it, it's it's a it's a very yeah. good thing and and it has to come from everyone and from society um there's this pressure um and I, I try to do my part when when I see someone. A junior someone just working long hours or just skipping lunch and i'm like just don't do that um you you have to eat you you need your rests. um work's gonna be here tomorrow um just take care of yourself and yeah and have a a good work life balance because gonna catch up with you at some point and, yeah. and and even if it's your own stuff you just you you need to be careful because you can experience burnout um and it can take years to recover um and it, it has to come with example i think from, yeah. from the higher ups um because there's all oh, there's always also this like oh we don't we don't condone um over time but then you see all the people do you, do it and and it's like what happens to me if I don't do it right um right Then yeah. this person he is putting 10 12 hours a day and I'm living on time when they comes time for a promotion or stuff yeah. like who they're going to pick so there's also that competition so they should be encouraged that like just no one should be should be doing that that kind of thing and it definitely shouldn't be praised yeah and I I mean even back in
0: the days when I used to work in restaurants I, you know, there used to be, I used to be a waiter and, you know, I, there would be like an older waitress who had kids or whatever. And she would ask for off, you know, for like a Friday night or whatever. And they'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, you got kids. But then I'd be like, you know, I, I also need off Friday night and they'd be like, well, what's your reason? And I'm like, that's none of your business. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. immaterial <laughs> And so like, and who are you to evaluate whose time is better? Like that's not for you to, so totally yeah i totally agree with that when it comes to other people you know bragging about having drive and crunching like i i don't know i just look at them and i'm like that's great for you you know if you want to like i'm not even going to think i'm not even going to apply my thinking to you you do that that's fine but like don't come around me asking for that or with the attitude that like i mm-hmm. should be doing more cuz like one thing i say to everyone i work with constantly there's only 24 hours in the day and Man, they go by real quick. Um. All right. So, talk to me a, a little bit about you and gaming. Like, where do you? What platforms do you play on?
1: Um. Well, due to the lack of time, I'm pretty much play on Switch because that's pretty okay. sort of good to have like 50 minutes here and there. Um. You just turn it on. I I think I never turn it completely it off. I just put it to sleep and then just continue where i where i drop it um so i'd say switch is is my platform of choice but i pretty mm-hmm. much just play on everything i play a lot of retro not so much anymore but um yeah ps1 ps2 like i said i i love playing games that i didn't play back in the day and rediscovering things i play ps4 PS Vita, psb well, that's a lot of playstation um yeah but yeah famicom um my daughter loves the famicom probably because it's always out there and she likes pulling out the cartridges and pulling yeah them back, yeah but again so i play a bit of famicom too um yeah pretty much everything but um mostly switch these days okay now do you
0: so you go to japan and are you buying a lot of japanese games and, and playing them on
1: i did yeah i did buy a, i not a stupidly high amount but i i right. did buy quite a few yeah as you can see i i do i do yeah. enjoy my, my physical media um yeah hey i'm right there with you <laughs> um <laughs> um it also prices that you probably not present in retro gaming um spaces are just going crazy so, i know yeah so i'd rather pay 20 dollars for a japanese copy uh instead of 200 dollars for for an, a pal a pal copy um right. i can read japanese to a certain degree so um so why not yeah I, uh, yeah i can play them so and normally i also box art is normally better um mm-hmm. we being pal means that um the NT- ntsc and then not and yeah ntsc japan versions are always better because yeah they 50 hertz and 60 hertz um, oh, okay so yeah okay. it's a bit like a no-brainer um yeah. just yeah i normally just um buy buy japanese versions so when you're okay so you're on switch so i guess just talk to
0: me and this is kind of where my angle comes in like when you're looking for a game to play on switch you know like for like not necessarily that we are we go looking for indie games but like talk about like like how do you find out about games or like are you just
1: like <laughs> scrolling through like like the rest of us um well i don't this is probably bad me being an indie developer but i don't buy much digital anymore just because i I don't have a lot of time to play so i I like to focus on physical games um but i I had yeah i don't normally go to the e-shop and see what's what's in there um i'm more of a I have my few news sites and Twitter just to find out what games are good, what Mm -hmm. games might align with my, my taste and then go buy them. Um, So I normally know beforehand what games I want to buy. Um, I've never, I very rarely buy a game and then get disappointed or regret buying it. I'm I'm normal. I normally know what I buy. Right. Okay. And And um, I'm sorry no 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 no. please whatever whatever you continue and i'm um, the opinion uh, that like i very r- rarely find a game that even i if i didn't like it um i thought it was a waste of time playing i think there's always things that can be learned from from games you don't like or from games that aren't that good or polished um so
0: yeah especially as a developer right because it's like yeah no, I did some, or like if you're thinking like, hey, I did this thing similarly, or like, oh, I was thinking about that. Maybe I'm glad I didn't I didn't go with that, or maybe like now I can see where they did it wrong and I can maybe perfect it if I if I go that route. That's that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um and then so turning from the other side, so you release Ganbar or Ganbare, and like how I I don't know how I want to phrase this, but like how did you feel about you know, the, the frequency that it was found or, or like, did you feel like people knew about it? Like, was, was it not doing well? I mean, how do you feel that it did like sales wise?
1: I think um I'm happy with mm-hmm. um, how it did. Um, I think if it had only been, steam then that wouldn't have been great but with consoles and and everything i think it ended up being good um i don't know the exact numbers but um it sold over 10k um i think it passed that number Mm -hmm. maybe like six months ago or something like that it's still selling mostly when it's only on sale um but yeah i had put that goal uh, for me of 10k sales without even knowing what it meant uh that was like it just it would be great if it sold 10k um didn't even know what it meant didn't know if it was achievable or not um but we got there and i i, I and i think that's good for a for a game that size and um with that amount of polish and and just being a one one death team i, I think it, I'm, I'm happy with that mm-hmm. um in terms of discover discoverability, um, I think that's always an issue, right? You would yeah. always want more people to know about the game. Um, again, I, I was on a zero budget market it was just me basically on Twitter, which right. I didn't have that many followers and also just sending press releases. Um, mm-hmm. I just gather a, a list of sites that might be able or might be interested in talking about the game, send them an email and some of them, Uh, published about it um and that's how i got a bit of traffic um but yeah now there's a lot of people that don't know about the game but we have tens of games releasing every day is it's just impossible if you don't have any marketing behind it uh, it's just like yeah putting out there in, in, in a void um what was i gonna say um my game also had the gimmick of it just being a tactical rpg soccer Mm -hmm. game yeah that's not something you see very often right yeah it's pretty unique so that made it a bit easier because then uh, you you have you have a bit of a you can sell it somehow right it's like look at this weird formula this this weird mismatch of of two two games but yeah general it it's Stop there like oh like this is cool and then just like something they wouldn't buy or anything but um Mm -hmm. um there's also i put the game in a couple of um each year each io bundles i think it was the one for for ukraine and another one for i can't remember what it was um and it got a lot of downloads from there and a lot of people just liked it uh and it's like how did i not know about this game and so, ah, yeah, yeah that's that's what happens. <laughs> that's like, like that's the number one phrase like yeah. that i feel like
0: my podcast is is kind of getting at like everyone when they see something that then they're like how are more people not seeing this this is cool
1: yeah but it's just it's just and it happens to me as a player as, as well there's it's mm-hmm. a, a couple of genres that i really like um and then there's like i see these games on on those genres and i'm like how didn't i know about this and how Mm -hmm. and it's just the reality of it Uh, there's just so much information so many games it's, it's impossible to cover them all and and to to know about them all
0: yeah yeah there are so many games and now i'm looking on playstation and i'm seeing like jumping taco jumping rabbit jumping uh, and yeah. now the other day i saw pet the
1: rabbit pet that
0: and i'm like <laughs> what is this crap
1: so that's all about um i think like trophy hunting which right is the, which is the thing and it's also a thing that um a lot of um fans of at like and stuff like um so like easy mm. achievements and and stuff is something that i don't personally like and i don't think it's great but um it's something that exists something that some people right. like and value but when it when it comes down to that shovelware and it's just like putting games out just you know to shotguns like shotgun to, to, yeah like to hunt achievements i'm like just what's the point right especially if you're hurting the viability of some of i mean in some cases
0: some of your own like quality products Mm. you know um uh yeah that's that's a tough one um and i don't i i'm not saying like you said there's so much out there because of you know accessibility of games and 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 storefronts and and all this stuff but like when you like when it was getting close to the release like what so you did some self-marketing like like did Radaleka do some for you as well
1: uh they did yeah they they have like yeah their twitter account and and they have ways of of reaching to their own fans um Mm -hmm. so yeah the the game reached to a Way bigger audience because of them that I would have that I would have been able to reach. Right. Um, that, that's for sure. Um, so for me, it was worth it. When people say, "Like, is it really worth it going with a publisher?" Right, um, as opposed to doing when it they, right. they, they, yeah, when they when they in a cut of every single sale. Uh, what if I just release it myself? Um, I, I think it just depends on how big of a reach you, you have on your own. Right. Um I had like close to to none. So going with the publisher was 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 good. Um and it definitely helped help the game reach way more plays than, right. than I would have I would have on my own right and then what like do the platforms do
0: anything like when it's getting close to release date is like sony reaching out to you and be like hey we're gonna do this or like hey we're putting this on the front page of the store or uh, that's all
1: like i, I don't hear about it you don't deal with that okay yeah because yeah. so, that's gotcha. that's the publisher um okay so yeah on that on that end i don't know because i've never actually published myself a game on on consoles right um okay okay okay
0: um now you mentioned your the game that you're working on kind of resident evil style so like talk a little bit more about that like i know you said it won't be very long like 30 minutes an hour or something like that but like i saw some of the images so maybe just describe um
1: you know like the gameplay like third person Mm -hmm. so it works like i said uh, very much like um the original Resident Evil trilogy on PS1. So it has pre-rendered backgrounds. So the fixed cameras with pre-rendered backgrounds. Uh, You control two sisters uh, in the early days of a zombie apocalypse Mm. or a zombie outbreak. Um, And I'm a big fan of tank controls. But a lot of people aren't. Um, So what games normally do is they just give you both options right you want tank controls or you want 3d controls or whatever they call it um i still wanted to have tank controls and a reason for tank control because i don't think tank controls are bad per se um um, so what i came up with is having two sisters um one is in a wheelchair um which it's controlled with tank controls because that's how you control a a wheelchair. So that means that there's a reason for the tank controls and hopefully people will be more open to them. Mm. And then the other sister is just a younger sister um, that it'll use 3D controls and you can actually only send her to explore certain areas that that might, might be blocked for you. So it's a bit like Resident Evil Zero where you have two players but you can't just. Right. Only sleep. one of
0: them can access certain. Yeah. And, and you the can't other just, has limitations. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it'd be, actually it will be more like Evil to those areas with Ada and with Sherry with mm-hmm. Sherry which is um, climb up some fence or something, and then it goes and then explore something and then uh-huh. it comes right, it comes right, back. Right, right. Um, so it'll be, it will be like that. Um, okay. And yeah, like I said, very small game. I want to, to do sort of like episodes it'd be like Resident Evil Outbreak where it's like five episodes that you can replay to find different stuff but they are like between an hour and two hour long um because mm-hmm. I don't really have the resources to make a full game out of it right. so I'll release one game episode um and then see how it goes and if no one has any interest <laughs> on it then I can just move on to the next thing because right, that's another have thing. Your answer yeah yeah because that's another thing I did with Ganbare, um, I the game has two halves right there's seven versus seven, seven at national seven, cup and, and yeah, then right. and then you go on the 11 side uh, world cup um which proved to be like way too long and the game probably could have have done without that second half mm-hmm. um just the first half it's more balanced it's more fun 11 versus 11 is a bit too big and the matches get a bit dispersed right. and, and and not as fun um so, yeah, I could have just released that. It would have not halved, but decreased the, the amount of death time um, by a lot. And I could have just released the game maybe for half the price. Um, so that would have been better, um, I think. So this time I'm just not committing to making an, another big game and just maybe slice it up, um, see how it works. If Yeah,
0: if, how it works for you and you know, yeah, yeah. in life in general. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if it doesn't make sense to keep making a game like that, then mm-hmm. I can move on to to other things.
0: Okay, and you said potentially twenty twenty three. Do you have a name for it yet?
1: It's called Sin and Host. Um, so oh, that's right, Sin and
0: Host. That's right.
1: I remember. So, so the that. um the series Sin and Host, and then this first experience or episode will be called the Diner because that's part of where um it takes place um mm-hmm. in an American style, uh, diner. Okay, and then are you just gonna start on like Steam? I'll release on Steam. I still have my Nintendo Switch Dev Kit, so I'll see if if I can put out a Switch version if there's still Switch around by the time I release the game. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but yeah, it would be Steam and then and then go from there. That's what I did with gambara and I think it was good because also it allowed me to find a lot of bugs that then could be fixed for the console version because it's harder to release patches on, on a console while well, on steam it's just trivial. Right. Okay. All right.
0: Well, before we kind of wrap up here, um, do you have any questions or thoughts
1: or, or anything you'd like to share other than that? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, well, I just mentioned, I, I really like what, what you're doing, your podcast. Um, I listened to a few of the episodes. I, I found some games I didn't know about think it's really cool what you're doing um i think it's 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 like we've talked um about just now it's very needed um we we need more life curators uh, showing what cool games are out there that might slip under the radar for for most people so that's good I, i hope um everything goes well and you you can keep going for a long time and you you gain a bit of a fan base and, and and more people learn and discover more games thanks to you. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool. Thank you, thank you so much
0: for the kind words there. Mm-hmm. Um, and same for you as um Sin and Host um hopefully releases next year. That's what that's the, we'll the aim. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's about it. Uh, just so Ganbare Super Strikers is available on pretty much everywhere, right? You've got yeah. PC Mac I have Linux here as well. Uh, that was that was also does was also a mistake Linux and, and Mac. <laughs> Linux and Linux Mac and Vita were mistakes <laughs> um, yeah. switch PS4 Xbox one. Um, again listen to our episode on that um, and definitely go play it. Like I said, I think it's a great like nighttime laying in bed, you know play a match um, especially if you have a switch. Uh, I think that's perfect for it, uh, and the developer name is Race Games. Rese, Rese Games. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And then, if anyone, I don't know if you want people to follow you on Twitter.
1: Well, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, if if <laughs> I don't know if it will still exists, it still exists, right? <laughs> but uh, it's underscore Rese, so R E S E. That's where I normally yeah share all my stuff uh, for my games. I'm okay. um, not very active. I should be more active. But yeah, who has this? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: All right, awesome. Well, I guess that'll wrap up this episode. And thank you all for listening. And I hope this becomes a more regular thing. And I hope we get, you know, people uh, as awesome as Ruben here um, to really share uh, their thoughts and, and maybe even inspire uh, other people to, you know, get into game development, if it's not too much hell. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still that, I think
1: it's it's still worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, that'll do it for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new developer we found for you.